Make sure you're subscribed to Issues Etc. Type Issues Etc. in your podcast provider, hit that subscribe button, and leave us a five-star review. This will make it easier for other podcast listeners to find Issues Etc. We are on the side of science. We want to have the full and complete and honest and forthright description of prenatal human beings to be the one that gets out there. We want to call out the gaslighting, anti-science, dishonest approach. For liberal democracy to work, it requires self-government. And for people to be self-governed, they have to have virtue. And virtue in a kind of a classical tradition and understood even at our founding, the source of virtue was found in religion. But when we open our eyes in death, we will see Jesus. And on that face is a smile not a scowl. When we close our eyes in death, we will open them and our ears will be filled with the hymns of the angels. A lot of Christians talk about worship as us serving God, but the Lutheran emphasis is that God serves us through his word, through the sacrament. This is Will from Michigan, and I'm a Lutheran high school teacher and football coach, and I love beginning my day listening to Issues Etc., All right, guys, let's go. My home state of Texas has done a first. First post-Roe law to be enacted to actually go into force that attempts to protect the unborn. Not all the unborn because we have to be incremental about these things, but a gestational limit law that says if there's a heartbeat, there's no abortion. How has it worked So far, the critics of this law warned that women would die. Well, the real question is, how many babies have been allowed to live? Greetings and welcome back to Issues Etc. I'm Todd Wilkin. Thanks for tuning us in live on this Wednesday afternoon, the 16th of November. Dr. Michael New joins us in just a moment from the Charlotte Lozier Institute to talk about the impact of the Texas heartbeat law. Then we'll begin a series on the, the opponents of Jesus. We'll begin with the Pharisees and find out who they were and why they opposed Jesus. Dr. Curtis Giese, New Testament editor of the Concordia Commentary Series, will join us for that series. Dr. Michael New is visiting assistant professor of social research and political science at the Catholic University of America. He's associate scholar at the Charlotte Lozier Institute, Paige Comstock Cunningham Fellow with Americans United for Life. He's a columnist for National Review Online and author of an essay titled Texas Gain, The Life-Saving Impact of the Texas Heartbeat Act. Dr. New, welcome back. Thanks for having me. Much appreciated. What did the 2021 Texas Heartbeat Act do? Texas Heartbeat Act was a bill that protected pre-born children after a fetal heartbeat could be detected. That's typically after around six weeks of gestation. This was very important. This was the first time since Roe v. Wade that a pro-life law that protected the pre-born pre-viability was protected and upheld and actually went into effect. Give us a history of the Texas Heartbeat Act and its precursors there in that state. Sure, that the Passing Heartbeat Act has been kind of a a long-time priority for pro-life members of the Texas State Legislature, that there were efforts in both 2013 and 2019 to pass the Heartbeat Act, but unfortunately, neither of those efforts were successful. But in 2021, uh, they did succeed. On April 19th, 2021, Greg Abbott did go ahead and sign a Heartbeat Act into effect. That Heartbeat Act took effect on September 1st, 2021. 
What legal challenges has the Texas Heartbeat Act withstood so far? The Texas Heartbeat Act has withstood several legal challenges. It has a very unique design, which essentially enables kind of private actors to enforce the law. And that's really made it durable to a lot of legal challenges. It's been challenged by uh, groups supporting legal abortion, facilities that perform abortions, and even the U.S. Department of Justice challenged the law in court, and uh, it was upheld and allowed to take effect on September 1st. You say that comparing abortion averages from the five months after the enforcement of the law to the five months prior to the enforcement of the law may not be the most accurate method to analyze the impact of this law. What do you mean? Well, basically, abortions don't always take place kind of uniformly throughout the year, which is one thing. Another thing is that when word got out that the law might take effect, a lot of women who might have had abortions in September arranged appointments earlier and had abortions in August. So the best way to compare is to kind of look at the same set of months for previous years. And we really saw that when you look at the months in 2021 and you compare them to months in 2020 and 2019, you see a reduction of about 10,000 abortions in about a five-month time span. Was there an increase in the number of -of out-of-state abortions among Texas residents after the enactment of the law? Yes, there was. I mean, several groups, including the Guttmacher Institute and the Society for Family Planning, have kind of tracked out-of-state abortion numbers, and they have found that, you know, many Texas women did obtain abortions in other states. And I mean, laws are important, they do a lot of good, but they're not magical. And pro-life laws, at times, can be circumvented. And there were Texas women who, again, did obtain abortions in other states. But that said, as you know, we'll talk about later on, we can be very confident that the kind of in-state abortion decline kind of greatly exceeded any kind of out-of-state increase. An analysis ran in the New York Times in March of this year What did it show, and how was its methodology somewhat flawed? Well, they argued that the in-state decline in Texas was kind of offset by women obtaining abortions in other states and women obtaining chemical abortion pills offline. The data about women getting the abortions in other states, that was kind of self-reported. That was not by abortion facilities. That didn't really come from government agencies. So there's some questions about the reliability of that data. I thought an even bigger shortcoming was the data from on, I should say, chemical abortion pills ordered online. Just because a chemical abortion pill was ordered doesn't mean a chemical abortion took place. Some women who ordered chemical abortion pills may have changed their mind. Some women may have ordered chemical abortion pills to have them on hand in case they wanted an abortion at a later date. So I thought that was very weak methodologically and didn't really provide a lot of insight about the impact of the Texas Heartbeat Act. How has birth data been used to measure the impact of other pro-life laws? You know, birth data has been used uh, by other studies. There have been research on a Massachusetts parental involvement law that took effect in 1981 and a Texas pro-life parental involvement law that took effect in 2000. Both those studies found that you know months after the parental involvement law took effect, the minor birth rate increased, showing some minor girls, instead of getting abortions, carried pregnancies to term. There have also been analyses of Medicaid programs in Illinois, Texas, and Ohio. In the 1970s, each of these states quit covering elective abortions through their Medicaid program. And shortly after doing so, the birth rate went up amongst women on Medicaid. So that shows, again, that women on Medicaid were a lot more likely to carry pregnancies to term after their state Medicaid program no longer covered elective abortions. What does the available birth data from Texas show? 
this is kind of the, the key point of my study, that it can be very hard to really analyze the impact of pro-life laws, because typically after a law takes effect, abortion numbers go down, but our critics contend that women are just getting chemical abortion pills, or they're just getting abortions in other states. What I did, I looked at birth data. And I think that provides you know, very solid evidence that if you know, more women are giving birth and more pregnancies are being carried to term, that really shows that the pro-life law is saving lives and having a positive impact. So the Texas Heartbeat Act took effect September 1st, 2021. Based on who was covered and how long pregnancies last, typically, I figured that you'd start to see an increase in births in Texas starting around March 2002. And that's what I did find. Uh, between March 2022 and July 2022, we saw an increase in Texas births of around 5,000. So 5,000 more children were born in Texas between March 2022 and July 2022. And I think that's very powerful evidence that the Texas Heartbeat Act is saving lives. What else could also account for or figure into the increased number of births in Texas? In fairness, there could be some other things at play. I mean, there's some evidence showing that after the COVID pandemic, birth rates have gone up. There's also been an increase in illegal immigration. And the data I have is for Texas citizens, but it is possible that births to immigrants or illegal immigrants might be misclassified as births to citizens. But that said, you know, we had a post-COVID baby bump in 2021. You know, we had high levels of immigration in 2021, and we didn't see the same level of increase in births in 2021 as we did in 2022. So I do think the Texas Heartbeat Act is having a big effect. Many opponents of the Texas Heartbeat Act warned that women would die in illegal abortions. Has this proven true? I think that's certainly untrue. I think if there were evidence of a woman who died in illegal abortion, supporters of legal abortion and their allies in the mainstream media would be shouting this from the rooftops. They aren't. And the reason why they're not is I just don't think there's any evidence that any woman has died because the pro-life laws have been put in place in Texas or any other state. What should pro-life lawmakers in other states know and learn from about the impact of the Texas heartbeat law? Well, most importantly, it saved lives, that there's a good body of research that shows that different kinds of pro-life laws save lives, whether they're parental involvement laws, whether they're laws limiting Medicaid funding of elective abortions, or just gestational wage limits. If you put good, solid laws in place to protect pre-born children, a lot of women, instead of obtaining abortions, will choose life. So protective pro-life laws are really a very strong and effective strategy for protecting pre-born children and sparing women a lifetime of regret. Dr. Michael New is visiting assistant professor of social research and political science at the Catholic University of America. He's associate scholar at the Charlotte Lozier Institute, Paige Comstock Cunningham Fellow with Americans United for Life, a columnist for National Review Online, and author of an essay titled Texas Gain, The Life-Saving Impact of the Texas Heartbeat Act. You'll find a link to it at issueztc.org. Click Talk On Demand Archives. Dr. New, thanks. Thanks a lot. Really appreciate it. When we come back, we're going to begin a series on the opponents of Jesus, starting with the Pharisees. Dr. Curtis Giese, New Testament editor of the Concordia Commentary Series, will be our guest. This week on The Word of the Lord Endures Forever, we move farther into Luke's gospel with Simeon, Anna, and home. Boy, Jesus in the temple, Jesus prepares the way. Bear fruits, 
and baptism of Jesus. Join me, Pastor Will Whedon, for the word of the Lord endures forever, your daily 15-minute verse-by-verse Bible study on demand. Listen at thewordendures.org or your favorite podcast provider. Making Disciples for Life. Across the nation, students are back in school in over 1,800 schools serving children in early childhood through high school. Students are thriving in programs of excellence in a safe, caring Christian environment taught by dedicated teachers. To find a school in your community, visit lcms.org schools. Connect today for information about a Lutheran school for the children in your family at lcms.org schools. Defending life from beginning to end. You're listening to Issues Etc. Is your child struggling at school? Are you thinking about homeschooling? Would you like help knowing what to teach and how to teach it? The Simply Classical curriculum from Memoria Press provides an enriching, step-by-step classical Christian education for students who have autism, learning or behavioral difficulties, ADHD, and more. You'll find everything you need, including daily lesson plans to guide your way. Learn more at simplyclassical.com. Use LPR23 to save on your order. Simplyclassical.com. You can help save lives in Southern Illinois by participating in 40 Days for Life, September 28th through November 6th. Vigils will be held outside abortion facilities at Granite City, Carbondale, and Fairview Heights, Illinois. For information on Granite City, visit 40daysgc.com. To learn more about Carbondale and Fairview Heights, go to coalitionforlife.com. You can protect mothers and children by joining the worldwide effort of 40 Days for Life, September 28th through November 6th. 